Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. to the latest Everton Fan Focus podcast with myself, Mark Finnegan and Mark Ellis. Hello. And that was the goal that gave Everton all three points at Goodison Park on Easter Saturday as Everton made it three wins out of three in the Premier League. It, the win took us to 11th place in the table overnight but we're now back down to 12th after Crystal Palace beat City. And although we haven't really got much to play for, it was still nice to get another victory, wasn't it, Mark? It was nice to just like you said, it was uh, it was a game where you know we needed to win. To be honest, I didn't really fancy. I, I thought we'd get a draw out of it. To be honest, Southampton are an excellent side. They're having a really good season, aren't they? But I was impressed with the way Everton sort of you know showed that resilience again. Like you know we did miss it in Kiev, and that was the sort of what we've been what sort of the pressed the life out of all of us. But it was nice to see Everton dig deep again and and like get a result. To, to be honest. That we badly needed. Uh, I think that's that's probably put like the relegation issue to bed now. If it if it wasn't all definitely uh, to bed already, mate. So it was good to see. Yeah. It was, and I think like the QPR game the week previous on the Sunday, we 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 probably didn't deserve to win that game, but we we dug deep as you've just said, and we we it's a thing that we haven't done at all much this season is um, grinding out a victory, winning ugly, um, and. 
you know, we, we just edged it again, 1-0 against Southampton on, on Saturday. But it's those sorts of games that you need to you need to win. If you you know, you're not you're not always gonna play with the swagger and you know, scoring goals no. for fun like we sort of did last season. But last season we still we still nicked points or a one nil here and there away from home and we ground out victories at Goodison Park, didn't we? Even if we went a goal behind, we'd still find a way back. So it's been it, we've sort of left yeah. it too late though, haven't we? We did. It was just you know the, the way sort of Everton performed and when you know when basically there was a steely sort of determination, wasn't there? Like you said, it wasn't anything fluent. It wasn't. I think it will be tough, Mark, to, to try and pick positive, uh, major positives and, and real highlights from the game. Um, obviously, we've just played the goal there. Um, yeah. We'll go we'll go through the game in more detail. But on the face of it, looking back, it wasn't really a memorable one, was it? It was only a few days ago. But, you know, apart from the goal, there wasn't really too much to shout about. But we'll do our best anyway, eh, fella? <laughs> but I think, um, first of all, the starting lineup, Gareth Barrett, Gary. Gary Barry, I was going to say, and Gareth Barry came today back in after his uh, suspension. And I know there was a few, a few sighs when they saw him come straight back in. But yeah. with with Bezic sort of being put back on the shelf, and um, Darren Gibson, obviously, will come to his injury later on. Yeah. But it, him not being available, he was only going to pick Barry, wasn't he, alongside McCarthy? He was, to be honest. The, the, the sort of the grounds of frustration that I, it sort of. Gareth Barry plays if he's fit we all know that and he certainly was going to play like I said with the injuries that we had in the middle of the park and like Bessage I think is now maybe waiting for next season a little bit now I think you know I think Barry was always going to start and I've stopped moaning about it to be honest because it's it's something that, that will never change Martinez has just proven it hasn't he but you know to be fair it was just a bad in the end but the result wasn't it but like you say I thought Barry in the game Ross Barkley sort of set the example for the way he was chasing around the pitch and I thought he could have done with a bit more support from the likes of Barry. Yeah. Um, but but Martinez continues to see something in him that maybe the rest of us don't. Well, we, we've spoken about that before and you, I remember you saying like it's almost like he's it's written into his contract when he got that three-year deal. Like, if yeah. he's fit, he plays. So he has been a real mainstay of Martinez's side but I think a lot of us were frustrated when we seen that name on the team sheet. But, you know, apart from that... Yeah. We had Lukaku was out injured. Gibson was obviously missing, um, and Kone led the line. Well, I say led the line. He he done his he done his best, but that's that was how we shaped up. I thought um, I agree about Ross Barkley. I thought he set the tone from the off. Really, um, he was. That's not something you'd expect from Ross neither, is it? He doesn't he doesn't like naturally you know go go all gung ho into tackles, and and he's not the most physical lad, is he? Barkley's been sort of, what you call it, um, been getting criticism, Masley, for not getting his foot stuck in, and, you know, he doesn't look the best when he pulls up. Barry challenges, admittedly, but it was, he was sort of um, looking to get involved a lot more than he usually does, wasn't he? You know, like, we do want Barkley to be playing behind, like, the likes of Lukaku doing his damage, you know, in, yeah. in that sort of, in that hole off the striker, 
but I mean, it was nice to see in the absence of sort of any other presence from our midfielders, the back, he was willing to put a shift in in that, in that respect as well, you know. I thought... It's needed against Southampton because they're fluid, they're, they're sort of fluid movements and the way they pass the ball, you know, you need people putting pressure on the ball. They're a good side, Southampton, aren't they? You know, take nothing yeah. away from what they've done this season. But I thought, I thought Ross took his, uh, his promise that he showed for England the other, in midweek last week. I thought he took that into the game, and you know, we without yeah. doing anything, without doing anything major. I just thought it was nice to see Barkley have a decent game at Goodison for once, and without the crowd on his back, we our, our fans haven't helped with that, have they, this season? But um, absolutely, he seemed up for it from the off, but. Almost before we'd even taken our seats at Goodison, uh, we were nearly a goal down, and it was um, what's his face up front, Pele, the fella who's about he looks about six foot five. Um, he, he he latched onto a ball over, didn't he? And it was fortunately Tim Howard was not giving out high fives to his defence. He was actually alert for once. And uh, all credit credit where it's due, Mark. Brilliant money. Before, if you want to, you know, before we start picking holes out of how it's quite frankly ridiculous starting position for that. Um, but the save itself, I think you'll struggle to find a better save all season than that one. It was world class agility to get back and, uh, and, you know, sort of claw the ball out the way he did. But um, like you say, but up until if you watched Howard as the, that move was developing, it wasn't the greatest uh, show of goalkeeping we'll see. I knew you. I knew you'd find a negative. That, I knew you'd. I knew you'd find a negative because it was Tim Howard <laughs> I was talking about. Sorry, but no, let let's be honest. The uh, he's not been great this season and probably beyond in a lot of people's opinions. But that was a that was some stop. We, we were always one of them, Mark. I think often. Definitely, yeah. definitely, and he, he has got that in his locker. We've always said that that he is capable of pulling off a worldie. Um, it's just the rest of his game <laughs> we've been questioning but anyway um, enough about him yeah. he, uh, he pulled off that save and obviously that was only in the, the opening minutes wasn't it um, Southampton did look up for it as well it, it, from the off I thought it had an open feel to the game didn't it it did make it a ball like He looked lively, um, didn't he? He was staked that free kick. I mean, you know, once again, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm stating the fact that I would move it to the spot, but um, it was an excellent free kick. Anyone uh, two inches wide, I think it was, wasn't it? But then, um, you know, so I'm to, like you say, playing with confidence. And, but I was nice to see that we didn't just totally look to deny them, we did look to try and land a few punches on them in the first half, especially. That's it, I thought we, we went toe to toe with them. I mean, both sides. Yes. I thought I was impressed with Everton's chasing down of the ball from from the opening stages, and Jaggy Elker and Stones look well up for it again. And it's, yeah. it's been great to see, and that's what we've missed this season. You know, a solid defence and a solid keeper, and with Jaggy Elker and Stones looking looking like a real formidable partnership, and Howard pulling off saves like that. I thought probably <laughs> a lot of us felt a lot more confident um, as the game progressed. But it was yeah. the it was. It, the early stage, just before Warprows took that free kick, in fact, um, we, we took the lead and it was uh, a Ross Barkley shot, I think, that took a deflection. Uh, a lot of people think it thought it just flew wide, but it took a deflection, didn't it? Um, the corner was eventually worked to, 
Um, well, it eventually found its way to Gareth Barry, who, who done well, didn't he, to get the assist, and Jack Elka did the business. To be fair, he did. It was, um, I think Stone tried to get his head on it, and like you say, the ball fell to back, um, Barry on the byline, and he got it back, and it was a, it was a really composed finish. But Jack Elka had it in a sea of bodies there. Um, he, he sort of slid it in with the, with the plant, didn't he, you know, to put us in the lead. And I thought... You know, it was richly deserved that goal for Jack Elka because he's really um, sort of stood up when he's needed to in the league, certainly the last few weeks, hasn't he? Yeah. He's turned it round, he's turned his form round, hasn't he? He has 100%, yeah. And, he, you know, like Jack Elka does best when he leads by example, he's not vocal, he's not um, he's not going to start screaming at players, but, but he, he, his, his performance sort of, you know, is his trademark, isn't it, when it comes to being the captain and the thought, like, He's been superb the last few games, like you know, and we've needed it definitely. He has, and he was up there again with the opportunities, you know, and he's put. I think that was his fifth in all competitions this season. Um, that's, it's, it's, yeah, that's a really good return for Jags. Normally, one or two is his limit, really, isn't it? You know, but that's, no, well, we, ha- we haven't. We haven't had a centre half though, Mark, since Le- since Julian Les got that. That was a goal scorer, have we? No, we haven't. So I think Manfield before that, we just don't do goals, uh, you know. Our left-backs and right-backs have chipped in in recent times, but yeah. it was great to see him up there, and I thought he, he seasoned like a like a seasoned striker, as they say, but um, Barry's done well for that. Up at the, it, to be honest, though, we couldn't. We took the lead, and it was early doors, but we couldn't really rest on our laurels. Southampton were never going to allow that, and they did come at us. Ward-Prowse took that free kick, as you said. Stones, yeah. uh, Stones hacked someone down. I can't remember rightly who it was, but uh, it was mightily yeah. close, that effort, wasn't it? It was just a, it was a great free kick to be honest with you. Howard was um, watching it and admiring it, wasn't he? You know, it, it, it just nothing would have took that to go in. It was just you know uh, the sign of a confident player the way, the way he hit that. And like you said, nine times out of ten, that's in the back of the net, isn't it? You know, um, Walprouse, he's a good he's a good player, isn't he? I haven't really I've, seen, I've heard a lot of him, but I've not, not really seen too much of him. But he's um, he's certainly a player you wouldn't mind in, in your squad. Yeah, you look decent. I mean, obviously Southampton went through wholesale changes last season, but they've still kept and brought yeah. in some really good players. And I think we've we've all probably got to praise them and Ronald Coleman for what they've done this season. They're, they're an example, aren't they? What we, you know, what we've aspired to be like. And of course, we we hit the ground running last year under Martinez, and yeah, and, and everything we touched turned to gold. And there's been a bit of similarities there at Southampton, but the likes of Shane Long, Pele, although Pele hasn't scored for three months, he, I thought he was yeah. he's a real target man. And um, James Ward Prowse, though. We, can never rest with a player like that, can they? You know, he keeps them on their toes. Exactly. Like but uh, James Ward Prowse, I agree with you, Mark, he, he looked really impressive. And he was involved again just after the free kick. I don't know if you remember, but there was a throw out from Howard to Barry, our two favourite players. <laughs> And, I've seen it, and uh, you know, I don't know if it's clever to be playing like you know, trying to sort of say you know, go with the confidence when you've got players who are sort of. You know, I know like Howard had a good game, he made a good save, but you know they're not the most overconfident players you're ever going to meet, and it's like maybe if then you know Barry's in. Yeah. The next person, Howard was best there to be beaten that long. I'm trying, to, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, and especially against the side like Southampton, who can hurt you, and anyway, yeah. the ball, the ball. <laughs> Found its way to James Ward-Prowse and he had a, a stinging effort that lad a lot to swerve. Howard seemed to be diving the other way but somehow saved it, didn't he, with his left hand? He did the ball look like um, the old shoot balls that we used to have in the park when we used to smack it. He used to go, sort of, you know, used to go with the wind and the divert. It was sort of aggressively swung in the air, didn't it? And I don't know why, like, 
you know, again, I'm not getting on to Howard. I don't know whether his body shape had anything to do with the way that, that shot looked for me. Well, perhaps, but he certainly did well to get a, a left hand on it. He's probably trying to high five the ball. He's probably trying to high five it, no one, Howard. <laughs> you know what I mean? The ball came over to say hi. Well, you know, he high fived it, but yeah, absolutely Americans don't mind that, do they? No, but you know, he... maybe not good enough for the receding hairlines and the ladder suits and the what he did and obviously uh, from then on in it was still it, it still had an open feel to the game Southampton did see a lot of possession didn't he but I thought we I thought we contained them really well I was impressed with the likes of Osman Ross Barkley yes. Kone not as much but he, he, he was it was hard for him I mean he, he's been de- deployed on his own up front with the absence of Lukaku and he struggled didn't he I mean he's still let's be honest the lad still doesn't look completely fit does he Um and he hasn't had he hasn't had much serious game time this season. So, but I thought overall, first forty five, we'd done all right, didn't we? We did, and um, you know there was like I don't know there was never Southampton, you know, were dangerous and they looked like scoring. But I was I, I've been a lot more concerned in other games this season. You know, when when you know there was a sort of a, a, a relaxed um, air about us. You know that we sort of knew. We could do, do the business against Southampton. They didn't. They sort of. I didn't. Southampton as a team are kind of running out of steam now. Aren't they they've had a good, great season, but like they seem to seems to be getting a little bit too much for them now. With the way you know we're getting with the squad and everything, maybe I don't know. But like I was never really unduly worried that we wouldn't get something out of it. Such was the way we were playing. I think we should mention Lennon as well because what he's brought to that team with um, the desire to get back and chase and everything can't be. Definitely, I need does deserve a mention. I mean, collectively, I thought we we'd done well, and we probably continued our, our you know our the, the positives from the QPR and the Newcastle results previously. But I I, I completely agree. Uh, I want to pick your brains about Lennon a bit later, so we'll come back to him. But I think yeah. what you've just said about Sam, Southampton running out of steam this season, I completely agree. It is hard to maintain a level, though, isn't it? We we found that ourselves over the years under the, under David Moyes and. Uh, but I, I thought they ran out of steam in the second half as well because literally there's not much to talk about in the second half apart from the substitutions and a few half chances. I really can't remember sort of any moments of concern. I know Tadic came on, didn't he? And um, I think uh, for Southampton and, and sort of looked to get uh, down the byline and get a few crosses. And that's not, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to think of uh, too many chances for Southampton. They did, they did have a lot of possessions, so you've always got to be wary that, you know, they can't hurt you. But to be honest, they did. They just lacked the cutting edge, didn't they? Southampton. It wasn't. Uh, I thought Stones and Jack Yelka would have, if the, if the pressure would have got intense, that we, we had enough on, you know, defensively to deal with it. Well, they, they, you know, we, it was a game played. It was sort of like a poor game of, uh, of uh, table football, wasn't it? The ball just just uh, pinging around the midfield a lot, and all. <laughs> That's it, and a lot. It doesn't. Uh... I mean, <laughs> statistics-wise, yeah, they have more possession and what have you. But apart from, I think it was a half chance with Font to centre half, whereas Jagielka and Stones, you just mentioned, they they dealt with it. But I, I agree, Mark. I didn't really feel pressure. I didn't feel worried. But I think a month ago, if we go a goal down there so early, we lose that game two one. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, well, it's I just feel it's a bit. It's, I find it a bit. You know, I feel a bit ridiculous because that's the Stoke game. And full on panic mode set in, to be honest with you. I was convinced we were going down with sort of us two 
teams. I just thought we looked that hopeless. And now, you know, all right, let's forget about Kiev for two seconds. And um, we've, we've really pulled it together in the league when we, we've needed it. And it's, it's kind of, well, I'm so annoyed at how the season's turned out. And I don't think there's a blow out there who is deeply uh, sort of pissed off about what's happened. You know, they have kind of made the, the panic that after the Stoke game look a bit ridiculous, really, haven't they? I, well, I remember sitting here on a Wednesday night, Mark, and, and speaking to you and trying to trying to yes. look, trying to record a podcast about that Arsenal and Stoke game in the matter of three or four days, and I did. I I feared really after that because I thought the, it, we were lifeless, absolutely lifeless in that Stoke yeah. game, and it. I mean, it, it's easy you to look back. Change, don't you? Because you know this team's at it. You know, it's the same group of players. Nothing really dramatically changed. You don't know whether. It's sort of maybe a bit of professional pride kicked in or something, I don't know. A bit of crisis talks, but to me those crisis talks probably should have happened three months ago. I don't know. I really don't yeah. know. I mean, we've heard about uh, issues in the background this season, the so-called Martinez losing the, the dressing room and things like that. But what what has been the turning point? Was it because we couldn't we couldn't get any worse than getting beat by Stoke? All due respect to Stoke, they're a decent side, yeah. um, but we couldn't. We couldn't get any worse than that. We'd been beat left, right, and centre by all sorts this season. But on that Wednesday night, we were lifeless, soulless. And yeah. I remember, I remember seeing the players walk off and uh, our fans looking at them. And you know, none, none of the players. I think it was only Luke Garbot who raised his head to the fans and the manager. Walked, I, I thought, where do we go from there? But I, I'm really, really grateful that we have turned it around because those three wins are massive. Because now we're looking up rather than looking down. Absolutely, we're still we're sort of, you know, we've got nothing but mid-table mediocrity to look forward to, but like you say, I'm, I'm not being negative either, I'm just stating how, how it is, um, to be honest, maybe the players did not want that feeling ever again after the Stoke game, you know, and Kiev was a different kettle of fish altogether, but I think maybe in the league it was getting, maybe the, uh, an embarrassment was getting attached to us, you know, what, what was going on with us, so we've got good players, that's what we, we can't forget, and maybe they just sort of Deep and, and you know we have got that quality and it started showing the last three games. That's it, and I think after the game we, we were all relieved to be to be able to watch match of the day again for the third week yeah, on the spin. That's <laughs> twice recorded now in two weeks. And the missus was giving me some strange looks as I sat down for it again, but thought, hey, I'm going to cash in here. Well, you know. We haven't watched match of the day all season long, and now it's on the series planner. So this is, let's hope it stays on for the next seven or eight, or eight weeks. Literally, how, how quickly football and your attitude can change. One week, I'm looking at the fixtures, thinking, oh, we, we, we get three points there and they get beat. Looking at the likes of Burnley and QPR and all that. Yeah. And now, now, as soon as we, we, we beat uh, Southampton, I'm on BBC Sport on the Premier League table thinking, you know, we get a couple of wins there. Could we, could we jump to eighth or even seventh? And I'm getting way ahead of myself. But you, that's, the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's what a couple of wins can do for you. It's just unbelievable. I mean, like you say, there is nothing like winning to install confidence in the fan base and in the players as well. You know, let's let's just don't. You know, all we can hope now is it's a damage limitation. Like I said on the last podcast, so we just have to hope we can end it as positively as we can and ahead of what is promises to be the biggest summer I've ever known as an Everton fan. Well, to be it, honest. it's all about trying to forget the two two uh, the two thirds of the season that right. that have gone domestically and trying to put the Kiev travesty to the back of our minds, really, and install a bit of pride. But I think we should look back and take heart from the European campaign. But um, in the league, I mean, even if we do finish strongly, I think the question marks will still remain of the manager and these players. And I completely agree about this summer, Mark. Yeah. We'll, we'll probably 
we'll have to uh, come back in the summer and you know talk about potentially what's going to happen an overhaul or or maybe even sooner. Um, but at the at the moment we've got the Swansea game to look forward to. We've won three on the spin. Um, it was good to keep another clean sheet. As I said before, we went to eleventh in the league, but uh, Palace got a fantastic win against City, didn't they? And they've uh, jumped back over us. Well, they deserved that Palace last night. To be honest, yeah, City was up there, looked um, I don't know, just lacking a little bit, but didn't they? They played nice football, but couldn't break them down. But um, basically, yeah, Palace. I mean, you know, that result would have not helped that had we lost the last three games. You know, that would have. You know, panic a lot of people. Or, or I know Palace weren't directly involved in the relegation zone, but you know, it's 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 something that we we try to get it. We try to get up in tenth, ninth, eighth in the league, aren't we? You know, and it's like it's it's so, it's so frustrating that we're still sort of looking up to the likes of Palace, aren't we? No disrespect for Palace, but you know, uh, you'd hope for a better um, season than just looking trying to catch them, wouldn't you? Definitely, and I think looking at our upcoming games, I'm more excited than I was. You know. The whole again comes down to the feeling and attitude. You've got Swansea, got a great record there. We've got Burnley fighting for the lives. Then we've got United on a sun- Sunday at the end of the month. Um, yeah, a it seems like I mean, the clocks have gone forward. The sun's come out, so Everton started to you know get the feel good factor going with a few wins. Like you say, Swansea away doesn't. I've never feared going to Swansea with Everton. They've always said it's it's always a sort of a, a team and a, and a ground and a, and, a, and a game that suits as well, doesn't it? You know, Swansea have always sort of. We've always had chances there. We always look, we always look like we're we're dangerous. When we play Swansea there, so I've got, you know, I would hope we could get a win there. Absolutely, you know. And then like you say, Burnley. Before you know it, we've won five on the spin. That's it, and I think. I mean, probably getting ahead of ourselves, but. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be we'll be back here after the Burnley. We get beat by Burnley at Goodison. We'll be on the wine. We'll be like, oh god, what's, what's going to happen next? Yeah, and all I that. think we'll just uh, handle the podcast until the summer then, mate, because it's just you know no pleasing. There's no way. There's no getting to grips with what's going on this season, is there? But, Smashing know, up maybe, laptops. Maybe five wins <laughs> is, is possible. It it definitely is. Looking at it, and you know, it'll be very it'll be very typical of Everton to put put this run together. But it, it's all come too late for us to do anything memorable and. It's, it's almost serving to sort of anger people even more that we've sort of picked up in the league. You know, had we shown one of these performances in Kiev, and I don't want to go back to it, but it is cutting deep still, that defeat. You know, we'd have still had the Europa League to look forward to, wouldn't we? You know, so we'd still sort of been been grabbing the positives out of our season. But like you say, you know, it's just serving to annoy. It's reassuring that we've done it, and it's great, but it's, it's also serving to annoy people as well, isn't it? It is. You'll always that. That's again going back to being Evertonian. You've got the three yeah. three domestic victories, but then you've got that etched on your memory that dark, depressing night where we, you know, we get hammered over there in the Ukraine. So, but anyway, we've got to move on from it and hopefully learn from it and um, come back stronger next season. But um, we asked a couple of our fans on. I say fans, say not fans of the podcast, Everton fans. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't want anyone to uh, think I'm misreading it there, but we asked a few, a few fellow Evertonians yeah, uh, to give us their three-word review of the Southampton game. Do you want to read yeah. a couple of them out, Mark? Yeah, of course. I think there's, there's quite a few that, that sort of, you know... Similar? ...hit home a lot. Um, Everton Canada uh, put uh, papers over cracks, and uh, Claire B also put doesn't solve problems. So you get to see, like... You know, the feel of it, there's still a lot of um, annoying, shall we say, putting it mildly out there. Yeah. Um, well, we're we... not grateful we've won. It's always great when we win, but like you say, it's not um, it's, 
it's sort of not the end of our problems, is it? Wayne Brown also said that. He said papers over the cracks. And um, Steve Iron said it was a good three points. Um, yeah. Richie Moore said it was easier than expected. I, I, I'll probably agree with Richie there. Like, I expected... I know Southampton yeah. on a good side, but I think I expected a lot more from them, yeah. Um, not like I was fear and playing against them, but I, th- I thought we'd, we'd see, I don't know, a lot more sort of... Well, last season, if you remember, we were a much better team back then when Lukaku scored that great goal against them. Um, but Southampton, were, you know, we were a much, in much better shape then and they gave us a hell of a game, didn't they? Good some last season, so... You know, it's um, it, it was really pleasing to see the way we sort of nullified their threat a little bit. It was good to discipline defence, which we haven't always seen, which you don't always make with Martinez teams, do you? Now, David Jones, he said that he touches on the, the way we played and he's put ground out victory. And uh, Danny says, simply, Jags gets better, which comes down to the defen- defensive solidarity. And I think we, we mentioned that before about Jag Elker. He has been probably a key to our recent form, hasn't he? Marvellous. It was a captain's performance, wasn't it? You know, him and Stones, there's no question. They're a different class when they get together, aren't they? You know, Jags, like you said, you know, had Southampton up the tempo and looked to really put us under in the second half. I still was confident we would have held on to that lead. Such was the form of, of Jags and Stones. Yeah, and I, it's almost like watching a father and son and, and the son's learning from the father. But I'm not taking nothing away from Stones there because he's in a class of his own, but... It is a real, real joy to watch them marshalling each other as well, and to have that consistency at the back is it just, again, as you said, it just annoys you because you, you, you know, it's all lips, butter, maybe's for the, you know, the two thirds of the season that's gone before. Absolutely, it is. It's just why can't we? Do, why couldn't we have done that a few times? You know, over the course of the first six months of the season and all that, and then she still play a part on me and stuff. But all, you know, like you say, we can look back all the time, can't we? It's not going to help. We have to look forward. And now we're getting it together. And you know, the likes of Jackson Stones are going to be important for us next season. None of them, you know, we're not looking to get rid of any of them. I would hope. Um, so you know, we're going to need them to keep their form going until the end, and then then start again next season. Yeah, and ultimately, there's no one really to come in and replace them because this time is obviously going to leave the club. Um, Alcaraz. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'll be surprised. Let's hope he leaves the club. <laughs> Let's hope he leaves the club, yeah, to put it, to put it nicely. Um, and apart from a couple of youngsters, you'd look to probably invest in that area. But anyway, investment's not a word I want to start throwing at you, Mark, because you'll end up having a fit. So, um, <laughs> But um, obviously, we, we looked to Swansea at the weekend. 12.45 kick-off, live on the telly. Grand National Day, Mark. Um, will you be having a bet? Uh, yeah, I'll be having... Yeah, I'll be giving me more... I don't really call it bet. I just call it giving me money to the bet. The bookies, yeah. I'll yeah. be doing it, yeah. I don't ever... I've gone to the betting shop once to put it on. I never ever go back to, to collect any money, but yeah. No, it's always great fun watching the National, and hopefully, you know, Everton always seems to do well in April, don't they? You know, the sun's out. We always seem to have you know, good performances. Um, from As long as I can remember in April. And we probably point out a flash, you know, something that we've had. But, um, you know, let's hope we have a good day. I think, you know, a good win at Swansea or a 1-0 win again, that'll do me. And then... You know, I'd settle for a place in the national, mate, such as my luck with the bet. <laughs> so that's a victory at Swansea and a place in the national. Absolutely, yeah. All right, well, yeah, the next time we record, we'll, we'll go back and we'll see if we've got either of them, all right, between us. <laughs> um, but obviously, big games. It's still well, it's, it's a big lunchtime game. Um, and yeah. Our recent record there, I don't think they've ever beat us after in the Premier League. Um, our recent you record there. Sorry? <laughs> Like, um, looking at the last, I don't know what we were like in the seventies, but uh, you know we don't really get beat to Swansea. It's a, I hope you know if we carry on the way we're playing, Mark. I think you know if we show that defensive solid solidarity in the way you know we got players you can hit them. You know hopefully it'll be a good a good performance again from us. That's it. It's a bit like they're a bit hit and miss, aren't they, Swansea? They're, they're a point off the direct the record points haul in the in the Premier League. I've been uh, hearing that for a while now, so it's like you know I don't know whether it's like. Uh, monkey on the back so yeah they've had a great season haven't they but like Southampton they just sort of tailed off and this is what happens when you don't have strong um, when you don't have the best sort of deep squads like the top four do you know um, injuries and suspensions take hold and then sort of season drifts off a little bit doesn't it yeah I mean they're, they're in eighth place and as, as sad as it might sound we're aspiring to probably with a bit of luck maybe finish around eighth or ninth I mean I think it's a big if whether we can achieve that but they're in eighth yes. place. Um, I think Gary Monk's done a re- really good job. They beat three, uh, Hull three one at the weekend, and Gomez got a, a double. And he looks to be. I think he's on eight, eight or nine for the season. The French striker. So he, he looks like he'll be a handful, won't he? Uh, really lethal. Um, I finished when he was clean to on goal. You know, he's a player who sort of. He's, 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 who I thought, well, I don't, I don't get the fuss around him. When he, particularly when he was with Leon. Um, there was, you know, he's obviously got something about him, but maybe he doesn't apply himself. But I'm not sure. But he's certainly got all the talent in the world. You know, he's got a lot of talent when he puts his mind to it. He's a good player, really. He stepped up, hasn't he, ever since Bowley left? 
He hasn't. I mean, there was questions asked of him when he, he first signed, and I think he had a big goal drought. But they are big shoes to fill, aren't they, Bonies? And he's, he's, so he's player, I'd love to have seen Pony could have but obviously, you know, that was never going to happen with the sort of fee that he went to City with and all that. Like, oh, I, I remember us being linked. Really, uh, strong presence up front for them. We're going to have to, particularly he's in the mid now, scoring two against Paul. He's going to be, he's going to be fancy and um, uh, adding to the total. But like you say, maybe you won't fancy it as much with Stones and Jacks in the form that it. Yeah, and I, I think. Um, those two that we're just talking about, they're, they're both being linked to Everton in the past, not since they've moved to Swansea, but Boney, I remember him being linked three or four years ago. Um, yeah. I think he was in the Eredivisie in, in Holland, and Gomez, um, he's definitely been linked to Everton in the past. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we love our We love yeah. our striker links, don't we? We do. I seem to remember Kendall all years ago going after every striker that was over six foot tall. <laughs> it seems to be always always a black a black striker from France or somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Wait, I'm going on holiday and we said um, back the old yeah, wasn't it? And yeah, <laughs> would you like us? Um, so yeah, going after like like you say, colours uh, black strikers. We have we've had um, we've had some some real really good strikers over the years and some real flops, but I think Gomez maybe was looked at a bit of a flop when he came to Swansea, but he's he's, he's in a bit of form. Hopefully, we can nullify that. That threat on yeah. Saturday. Anyone else stand out for you, Mark? Obviously, you've got um, the likes of Shelby, Routledge. Yeah, there's not the sort of Liverpool quality where you know he'll be wanting to try his best because he played for Liverpool. He want to be getting one over on Everton, maybe. Um, but also, I think you know Sigurdsson is a quality player, right? isn't he? You know, for um, for Swansea, he gets in there. He's a goal, a real goal scoring threat, and he's from midfield and everything. And also, we've got a you know the pace of Routledge. Side, he's sort of very similar to Lennon, isn't he? The way he does his job on the right hand side, there. It's like these are players who um, we've got to be on our game to sort of they can hurt you if you, if you give them time and space. Yeah, definitely. And there's another player as well. I, I was reading up about Swansea a little bit about their injuries and stuff. And Kyle Norton's being ruled out for the season with an ankle injury, which is a blow to them, but probably good news for Everton. But we, we were linked with him, if you remember. He's a good player, yeah, we were linked with him. I think we were going to sign him at one point, maybe until the Tottenham game and to sign him. Uh, and Kyle players, was, it wasn't Kyle Walker was it, it was Kyle Norton it was Kyle Walker and Kyle Norton I think and Tottenham came in um, I think Redknapp back in the day was just using David Moyes' transfer targets as his own guy because he was signing and everyone we couldn't Sheffield um, United they were at weren't they part, but, um, now yeah Norton was a, uh, a player who I, I'd have loved to have seen ahead of Tony Hibbert a few years ago well he's he's out injured thankfully for us um, yeah. and our record there Last three games, Mark, we beat them 2-1, we beat them 3-0. Remember we beat them 3-0? That was when Moyes was still in charge. That was uh, when Alan did that, and I thought we, we looked a fantastic team back. I think when Alan scored in the third, didn't he, uh, that day? Yeah. Um, there was a sun-drenched, baking-hot day, just like uh, when we beat Villa 3-1, then Fellini, when we looked well beat us. We just, um, yeah, it's a, do you know what? It's, it's just we, Ross Barkley's free kick there last season. You know, it's just a ground where... That, that tends to bring out the best in Everton. And, well, but, you know, I used to feel like that when we went to Sheffield Wednesday when, in the 90s with the Kinshelskis and everything. You know, you just have grounds, don't you, where, where you know... It clicks. It, it, it looks comfortable, yeah. Hopefully we can just, you know, we won't get spanked and I'll say all that. <laughs> well, I think, I think last season was Coleman and Barkley and they were both brilliant goals, weren't they, in front of the away oh, fans? Yeah, Coleman, though. Barkley's was more impressive, I think, because he got the, the 
tip on that. The up and under, yeah. The, the bend on the ball and the free kick wasn't exactly 30 yards out, was it? It was on the, on the edge of the day. Yeah. Well, it's something to look forward to anyway. After that, uh, we've got Burnley and then we've got United. So the games, you know, they're going to run out eventually, but hopefully we can sort of restore some pride. That Pride that was definitely lost in the early stages of the season and, and over the Christmas and early early months of this, basically the whole season. We've, it's dented our pride massively, hasn't it? It has, right. It's, to be honest, it's the bare minimum now, Mark. And I'm not being demanded, I'm not sounding, you know, ungrateful like, totally, but, you know, it's the bare minimum now that we end the season strongly and probably on top of the fourth table if, if, if that's possible. You know, we just have to, we just basically, the big thing for me is now we have to look like we've got hope for next season in some form or another. And I know that comes from off the field as well. And, you know, you can tell I'm sort of bursting to talk about that, but maybe that's for another time. No, I mean that. That's you know, we've got to be, we've got to end it as positively as possible because you know, in the league, we've looked a bit. Oh, I don't know. You know, it's all getting a bit too much. You know, can we uh, are we going to ever see an Everton challenge again? We just want, you know, these questions all look like we've got answers to these questions, only you know. That's it, and I think. As you hinted at before, Mark, that this summer ahead is, is a huge one and we're not going to have Europe next season. Um, no. And we've, we've both spoke openly about the squad probably needing a big overhaul. But what we'll do is we'll come back towards the end of the season and we'll, we'll touch on that and we, you know, we'll do yeah. a season review. But we also need to get the views of the fans for the summer and see what needs to change. And, and, I, and I know the Ken Wright issue is always a, a sticking point with yourself and a lot of our fans. And to be honest, myself yeah. as well, um, Speaking to the likes of you, speaking to the likes of Rob and David on the last podcast um, yeah. was very interesting, and and it's it's a lot of it's opened my eyes as well. Um, speaking to various people over the years, and to be honest, I've I've just got my own frustrations with it as well, and I completely yeah. agree. We, if if you know if we're gonna have an overhaul, then the only reason, the only way we're gonna have an overhaul is if Martinez is backed by the powers that be. Um, but I agree. I think Mark that the overhaul should have been. You know, like we said before, in drips and drabs, like, you know, and sort of the way United used to do, and I don't know, you know, we don't operate the same as United, but like, you know, it now looks too big a job in the summer, if you ask me, you know, there's going to be a lot of ins and outs, isn't there? Well, that that's it, I mean, you, you, can name, you can name probably five, six, seven, eight players, and you think, they've got to go, they've got to go, but really, being Everton, and with our financial restraints, and I say financial restraints, is that such a thing anymore, because of the money that's involved? I just mean the, it's, the it's Everton really way. Weird anymore, Mark, to be honest with you, it really shouldn't. We just sort of accept it and go, oh, you know, we've got no money, and then we sort of, sort of, you know, well, accept that a lot. But I think really now, above all, this summer has to stop. That mentality has to stop, certainly. Yeah, and I think we all we're all you know yearning for the consistency and the, the quality on the pitch and the quality off it. And last season we got the quality on the pitch yeah. uh, with the Lukaku sign and. A lot of people probably thought, yeah, now we're getting the quality off the pitch, but there's a lot of underhand things going on that we did discuss at length in the last podcast, so I'm not going to sort of dwell on it now, Mark, but um, I think before we even get to the summer, there's a lot of people making a lot more noise about these certain issues now. It's evident to me every day, without actively going about um, you know, raising these subjects, um, you, 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 you openly do. A change in people's. I think of the twenty years has a lot to do with it, Mark. It's just you know, it's such a startling realization, isn't it? You know, the twenty years, some, you know, it's a large chunk of your life to go without watching your club lift the trophy. And I just think you know, enough's enough. We just want, uh, we do, we we want better. And so, 
that that is more evident than ever. And maybe it's took the twenty year anniversary for people to realise that. Maybe so, and we, we you know we are we're crying out. Something's got to give. It's almost like something has got to yeah, give. Yeah, I agree totally. And we've you know we were too too eager to not too eager sorry we were so quick to criticise the player and the manager this season and a lot of people openly calling for the manager's head less than a month ago and probably some of them still calling for his head whereas yeah. there's other people That's who, who, who aren't you still think he should be going in the summer but you know it's just it's a difficult one isn't it it is difficult and that's fine if people have got those opinions then that, I, I completely respect it I know you do but there's people yeah. who, are, who are not sort of on the pitch or in the manager's seat who are elsewhere at the club who are, who are sort of escaping criticism and they can't do no wrong in, in a lot of people's eyes And but I think I've noticed a bit of a, a trend and change probably since around Christmas time and yeah. a, a lot has sort of snowballed the past few weeks you just you tend to see and hear a lot more people talking about these issues and wanting to address them but they sort of they need that bit of guidance really as to what to do or what to how to go Absolutely about it right. it's almost there's an anxiety out there just, well amongst those I can speak for myself that I, you know there's an anxiety now to sort of not we don't want this to just to be another summer where we just accept that a lot again you know I just think that it's just it's game over as far as that's concerned uh, we just need, you know, we're just look, we're looking for change. We're looking for anything, aren't we? To be honest with you, we just need um, to have belief that Evan Football Club has a plan to move forward and a plan to be successful again. Because for me, you're nothing without hope. Exactly, and you, the thing with with the Moyes situation, a lot of people said, "Well, we went stale, or he took us as far as we he, he could." But yeah, but it, was it his fault, or is it? Is it because well, you know? To be honest with you, last season I'll be straight with you, Mark. Last season I thought, well, maybe it was Moise's fault because we've seen Martin as he came in, he got the team fearing nobody playing great football against some great sides. Um, you know, we had I think maybe it was Moise, but you know, let's face it, let's look at the last fifteen years, and if you want to go into next spend, and I know it's not popular with with some people to talk about this, but you know, we, we haven't been helped off with any kind of. Um, any kind of striking while the iron was hot and there were plenty of times when everyone were hot but, you know the extra few million would have done and, and made the difference we, we haven't had it off we, we've let other teams off the hook as a result of that it's almost it's, you're, you're built up but knocked down aren't you and a lot yes. of people will listen to you this never, and... you never ever get carried away supporting Everton a lot and, of people will you know, maybe it's time we stopped accepting that and maybe it's time we wanted more well, some some will say, well, hang on, you know, I've seen seen it for many years. But the thing is, someone said that to me, and they said this was this is it's been the, this has been the way before, sort of the Ken Wright era. And I I said to someone, well, doesn't that really upset you? Doesn't that make you sad because you you want more for this club? We all strive for a lot more on the pitch, and from yeah. our manager and our players, and you know, from us fellow fans, we we want a lot more. And there's other people who who are sort of maybe got away with a lot of stuff too long but anyway um, we, we, we drifted and now we went towards that again it's just to be honest it is the hottest subject and you know the games are great Everton, we're winning games and all that but to be honest I feel horrible inside there's almost a sense of indifference about the season now to be honest Matt, because you know it's lost its point with the Europa League going think... out and the sort of league campaign being as horrible as it has been you know I still love Everton. I love it when we win, and it's it's fantastic. I always, but you know, there's a sense of indifference about what's left. Really, you know. I think that's it, and I think as you hinted at the 20 year anniversary, plus because we've sort of got nothing to play for now, maybe people yeah. are scratching their heads, thinking, "How do we pick pick ourselves up from this? What 
are we going to be in another relegation battle next season and, and we sell a likes of Lukaku, Morales? Or, well, yeah. or do we do we you know do we kick on this season and we get rid of some of the so-called deadwoods and do we do we build again and say right Martinez is going to have a real good go at the top four hopefully domestically try and achieve something because as I said in the last podcast and, and podcast before that probably I'd take a Carlin Cup win just to say we've won something oh, you know what I mean just to have a memory from a season I would take it just for the whole generation of people who haven't seen Everton lift a trophy just so they could change you know I think a trophy win such as the Carlin Cup would change people's mindsets as to what as to what they want you know if, you, if you're getting best of the rest finishes uh, being told that's as good as it's ever going to get then you know you're not going to hit the man more are you but the people who have seen Everton win trophies and, and sort of go for trebles and everything back in the 80s you know it's absolutely painful to see people accepting a lot as, as we do you know we, we do sort of just get on with it don't we don't say nothing but you know, like you say, it's time. You know, I like I keep saying, it's time. We just wanted a bit more. Well, it's certainly, it's certainly um, a subject that the fans are discussing um, because obviously a lot of factions of the media won't discuss it, so the fans will. Um, and and we, yes, you know, we'll yeah. we'll get together again before the end of the season, and we'll get other people's views because that's the idea of it. And it was, as I said before. I've not previously spoken to David O'Keefe and Rob Daniels, and they're both actively involved in in things to do with um, Everton, and not necessarily anti-board. Well, one of them maybe, but um, just the way the clubs run and things, and a lot opened my eyes. But I think maybe, as you said, with the anniversary coming up, a lot of people yeah. are now beginning to question other things that they may have not done over the years. So we'll see how it develops. Anyway, it's definitely a massive summer, and we'll come back again and talk about that. But. Just one other, a, couple, a couple of other points, Mark. Um, the Luka, Lukaku's agent's comments and um, Kevin Morales rumoured to be on his way out of the club. Um, talk today of uh, a transfer to West Ham. Obviously, that's a bit. It's, it's, it's not very likely. But how, do you think starting with Morales? Do you think he's on it? He's got it. He's going to go, or and do you want him to go, or? Um, to be honest with you, Mark. Yeah, I've I've lost interest in Morales. To be honest, he's he's someone who I wouldn't miss if he went, and I wouldn't even sort of blame the board or anything for lack of ambition. He's someone who I think has delusions of grandeur or a little bit Morales. Um, he's a great player on his day, don't get me wrong, fantastic player, but, but the way sort of Lennon's impacted on the team and what Morales offered before that, I, I wouldn't be upset if, if, if it ended up with Lennon coming in and Morales going. I basically think Morales is first out the door, I mean, it's in there. Um, and once the window opens, he's just um, looked like a player who's wanted to get off for a long time now, hasn't he? Yeah. And Lukaku's agent, well... That there's just smacks of uh, Rooney and Stratford a little bit, doesn't it? You know, um, wanting to exchange the agents. This fella is known to sort of, well, he's already said he wouldn't have signed for Everton had he been his agent. So I think, you know, we've got cause for concern there. But Lukaku signed a, um, a four year contract, was it? I think um, we hold all the aces on that one. So someone's going to have to bid, uh, bid mega if they want Lukaku in the summer. That's it. You can't, you can't really. We're not naive enough to become attached to players now, and I know younger people see them as heroes and stuff, but they do come and go. And you know, um, I was talking yeah, to a few well, people on Twitter. Just, uh, sort of, he's, hasn't, he scored eight, seven or eight goals, but that was mainly in the sort of opening, uh, the opening few months of the season, wasn't it? He just hasn't set the place alight. He hasn't looked to to, to want to affect um, Everton's games the way he sort of did. Uh, I know we played well at Chelsea. I think it was you know a game at home where he, he looked. That's it. Some of them are being a present though, Mark, and they've come through the rough patch and they've come through it with their heads held high eventually. 
and whereas Morales blows up and cold and you said he can be a great player on his day but it's only on his day it's on his terms yeah. you know what I mean some people like saying say, to me about every one of our players has been a scapegoat this season some longer than others but the likes of Jacks has come through it, and I think Coleman to a certain degree in the last few weeks has come through it, you know, and, and stood up, you know, quality will out in the end, won't it, you know, so it's, but the, Morales is just sort of, I don't know, he's looked almost like he's been sulking, mate, since, since January, to be honest. Well, people, people said to me, well, surely you must see that Morales is a better player, but I, I said, like, uh, people continue to pick their starting 11s and post them on Twitter, and they're putting Morales in, and, and they have yeah. been doing it for weeks, even since Lennon's joined the club. Club, but I'm not forgetting what Morales has done since he's been at Everton. But you see, like I don't know whether it's because Lennon's English, maybe he's, he's coming in and he's shown for me more in three or four games than Morales has done in months. And I, I just think it speaks volumes. I think he'll, he'll turn out to be a bit of a journeyman, Morales, and he, he'll move on from various clubs. Agree. Yeah. Um, he's got that sort of, um, you know, he's got the quality, but he hasn't got the application, right? And that's how, and you know, big clubs don't really. You know, the, he'll play for a good, he'll play for a good side, definitely, but not, 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 not the very cream I think that he thinks he can play for because he just doesn't apply himself in games too much. That's it. And as for Lukaku, I think I, I talk about ambition and if we can try and build a team round the likes of him, Barkley and Stones. But it's a big if, isn't it? And it is, you know, players want ambition. Yes. Players want to play in the Champions I, League. I, I, there was a time when I'd have been fuming with Lukaku's agent or you know even Lukaku for that and turned on him. But to be honest, when I look at the stick data that and um, the way they are, and uh, you know I'm not you know starting that again, but you know the way we are under this board and everything like that. I found myself agreeing with the fella if he, if he thinks he can play with him, you know, you know, he deserves a better club and more ambition, and, and you know, he's, he's not going to get it with us under this current regime, is he? You know, it's just I, I found myself agreeing with him sadly, and it's just normally I'd have turned on him and said, you know, if you don't want to play for Everton, you know, you know, this is a pride to tackle. So you think no one's better than us, but obviously teams are. Teams are and money talks and it's a business and the agent wants yeah. more money for his player and a better deal for his player but ultimately that agent wants more money for himself. Bigger profile. You know, football moves, doesn't it? It moves on and I can't see Lukaku being at Everton after next season. No, I think, to be honest yeah, I think we'll get one more season off Lukaku. He, you know, he's, he's a good player, isn't he? He's a goal scorer. He's not going to um, do a messy or to be honest, though, he's not in that sort of category but he's... It's certainly going to be a prolific goal scorer, I would say. You know, he deserves to play in good sides. It's just, you know, you would hope that it would be Everton being that good side, you know, to getting players around him who can who can bring him on and, and, and benefit our team as opposed to someone else's. I'd love it to be, Mark. I'd love, really love it to be because he is still rough around the edges and he has come in for criticism, but for such a young lad, he's dragged Everton out of the mire at times this season. People forget it because he's not... You know he's not your biggest target man and greatest yeah. greatest with his feet and all that. But a lot of people, you know, give him unjust criticism. I think this season, but I, I just hope it all comes down to this summer again, doesn't it, fella? And, and I think if we can build around him, he might think, of, well, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick it out for a couple of years. I think we'll definitely. <laughs> I like to, not like to say we'll help with his development, but this is a massive learning curve for Lukaku and Everton, and it's a massive learning curve for us as fans seeing someone with his potential and strength yeah. up front. Absolutely, he's got it all. Hasn't he? Well, he's got the potential to have it all. He's got pace, power. He's, uh, his eye for goal is second to none. You know, once he's in on goal, he invariably scores, doesn't he? Or gets the shot on target. 
and like you know, you know, like we said before, that that, that nucleus stuff, Stones, Barkley, and Lukaku. You know, if we just stand back and, and think about the quality, there's very few teams with that youthful spine on their side. So anyway, halfway, you know, you would hope that we'd have a um, an ambition to build a team around them players because there's very few better spines than that. And, and you know, considering the the age of them as well, the potential is frightening for you know. If we were to keep them together for you know three or four years, who knows? But you know, okay. like you say, you know, good players attract good teams, and we don't. If we don't have the resources, then then we're gonna end up selling them, aren't we? That's it. You've got the likes of Bezic and Garbutt. You know, don't forget there's other yeah. young lads there as well. You could even put Robles in that ilk because he's 24, 25, and. You, it, it's big question, big questions, and it's going to be really interesting. I, I agree with you. It's sort of like a, it's on the back burner now. The match, and it's like, well, we're not going to do anything this season. Let's all all eyes will turn to this summer to see what happens because then that could that could paint the the way for a memorable season next season. But it also I could it also it's could like go. Work the shit before you do the you know, one's thinking about work. It's just uh, all about the holidays, and that's, that's the way I feel with Everton games at the moment. I'm interested and want us to win, but it's like for me, the summer and what happens in the summer can't come soon enough. I, I really, you know, sort of geared up for it and want us to, you know, start making to that proving a point. That's it. I don't want to be sitting here in a year's time saying to you again, it's all ifs, buts, and maybes, but I'm we'll sure see anyway. No, oh, you'd always uh, you can always find a moan in Evertonian. I think there's about eight of them on every street corner. Um, one last thing, one last thing, Mark is uh, yeah. Darren Gibson. Yeah, I'm gutted for him to be honest. When I didn't see him in the squad, I thought you know Martinez doesn't really drop Gibson, does he? Or if he's fit, I'm really gutted for him because he's he was just like you said, he, he is. It's so cursed with his injuries, you know, it looks like he's broken his foot, hasn't he? And he's uh, out for the season, so I'm gutted for him. He's, you know, he's been really a little positive for us when he's, when he came back into the team and, you know, like the way Osman came back into the team, settled us down a bit, didn't he? But, you know, you've got to feel for him. He wants to play. Um, he's not, you know, he doesn't moan, he doesn't complain, does he? He just gets on with it, but he's had a... Uh, he's cursed with his injuries, isn't he? Definitely, and I think I, I didn't know until I got to my seat on Saturday, Mark, that he broke his foot, and that was just a, a sucker punch for me because I'm a big admirer of him, and I've spoke about him previously this season, and to see him yeah. come back in um, and his forward thinking play, he's just such an assurance in there, and he's just something else to what we've got in McCarthy, Bezic, and Barry, and um, we've It'd be great. It'd just be. If he if he didn't have them injury problems, don't mark. If he didn't have them injury problems, don't mark. He'd be in that side every week for me, and I I yeah, heard it and I thought really disappointed. But I've read there today that he doesn't need an operation. But Roberto expects him to miss the final seven games, which I don't know. It's neither here nor there. But to me, someone deserved a strong end to the season and an even better preseason. It was Darren Gibson, maybe because they believe there's a a great. He's going to get himself fit, but by the time he gets himself fit, all the players will be on holiday. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough. It must be really tough for him to take. Um, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just, he must look at other players around him who, who are older and, and, and get, you know, not, I'm not sure he's not like that when he's not, you know, bothered about people getting injured, but 
it's just he still seems to get more than his fair share of injuries, doesn't he? You know, it's just you, you can't. You just feel sorry for all the lads. He just doesn't deserve it. Maybe just, you know he's played well since he's come back. In. Maybe part of the factor why United got rid of him, but anyway, uh, he, yeah. he he could potentially move on in the summer unless he has a really good pre-season and then Martinez sees him as giving him another chance and, and sticking with him for next campaign. He he could well be one of the names that we see leave, and it'll be a really a, a big case of what might have been, which is I think it'd be purely down to his injuries as well, which is an even bigger shame, isn't it? You know, it's not like he's had an abysmal season. It's just the fact that we. We need, unfortunately, we need players who, who, who are more, you know, reliable as, as, as far as um, picking them. It goes, it? You know, it's just, you know, if he's on the treatment table, he's, he's unfortunately no use, is he? He's not, but anyway, we've, we've ended on a negative there. <laughs> Sounds like no, we're dead no, downbeat. No. Hey, right, let's, you know, we're going to beat Swansea 2-0, <laughs> but we'll, we'll beat Burnley. Beat Swansea, Burnley, and then, and then, and then we'll... Lyrical, and then we'll remember Kiev. <laughs> we'll, we'll be we'll beat United 1-0 Rooney on goal and then it'll be uh, we'll be putting that Martinez mural on the side of the ground again won't we they'll be getting it back out right? yeah so I'll probably you know be getting my brown shoes back out such as the fickle nature of football I doubt it wait till he wheel it's nice to be fickle wait till he unveil the Kenwright one you'll be down there with your darts won't you I'll be in hospital there, but I think we're receiving treatment. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, good to speak to you again, fella. And, Thanks, um, Thanks for listening, guys. We'll come back after the, the Swansea game. If, obviously, yeah. we've got we've got we've got Swansea and then Burnley. We'll try and fit one in between them games, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck in the national. Thanks, you. Good luck to everyone. Thanks for listening. Let's hope you get a place. <laughs> See you, Mark. Bye, mate. Ta-da, now. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.